And welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the program, and it is show number 117. Happy to be back on here with you live on Facebook, live on Voice Ed Radio Canada, and happy to be a member of the Education Podcast Network. Check out all the work they're doing, uh, educationpodcastnetwork.com. Uh, and, and thrilled to be part of what they are doing. This is Education uh, Leadership Beyond, show number 117. And uh, I want to thank today's uh, sponsors, 1106 Design. Many people have asked me, Andrew, how did you write a book? How did you do it? Right. And I was able to get the content down and able to kind of uh, do the content. But Michelle DiFilippo from 1106 Design. Help me. I self-published it. I was responsible for it. Here's her information there. Uh, Michelle became a good friend of mine. And as she said, while we work together, the uh, the best thing she does is hand-holding. Here's her phone number up here on the screen and her email. Uh, they were great. So if you're considering writing a book, you don't know where to get started, you have some stuff written down, contact Michelle. She'll give you a free consultation. And uh, it'll cost you a couple bucks, but it will uh, get you a professional-looking book and it was great. She was fantastic. So, um, and secondly, I want to talk about a few changes here. We are on uh, Be Live, uh, which allows me to broadcast live on uh, Facebook and then to iTunes. And we're going to uh, mess with a few different things. I'll be able to get the audio on here, which I've struggled with, including today, and uh, also some sponsorship um, things. So I'll be able to bring up uh, different logos and things like that instead of just holding up the piece of paper. So. We're going to uh, start doing those things here on Be Live, and um, I'm grateful for that. So let's get started. This past weekend, uh, we celebrated the 40th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice, right? And it was an exciting time for the United States, 1980 Olympics. Uh, I was only five years old at the time, so I don't remember it a lot. But this weekend, in honor of the 40th anniversary, we did uh, watch the movie Miracle with my family. And... It was fantastic. And as soon as we started watching, I said, oh, my God, I got to write write some stuff down, right? Because Coach, Coach Herb Brooks just was such a dominant figure and just so, so you know, just incredible. So um, I wrote down some things along the way, and I wanted to share them here as we kick off the show. Because today's guest, we're going to meet Danny here in a moment, Danny Valenzuela. He's up near Lake Placid. He's not far from Lake Placid. And uh, we're going to ask him about – what it meant for that area here on the 40th anniversary. I don't think Danny was alive yet. If so, he was real little because he's a young guy. Um, but we're going to meet Danny here in a moment. He's a principal. He's a new podcaster, and he's doing some cool things in education. So looking forward to meeting Danny here in a moment. But back to Miracle, right? Coach Herb Brooks, here we go. Team chemistry was of the utmost importance. Number two, no one believed in them. They didn't think they could do it. So they had low expectations, and they took advantage of that. No one believed in that but themselves. Number three, the power of uh, first impressions. They had a week's worth of tryouts. I didn't know this. They had a week's worth of tryouts set up, and Coach Herb Brooks selected the team after the first day. You think those people that made a good first impression got picked? Uh, he let everyone else go, and he didn't even entertain the committee. First impressions. He wasn't looking for the best players on the team. He was looking for the right ones. 
Don't strive to be the best player on the team. Strive to be the one, the best player for the team. Number uh, five, he was not a friend to the players. He was their coach. He had to be tough on them. He had to show them, uh, uh, you know, discipline and things like that. He told them, "I'm not your friend." Number six, he told the people who hired him, "You hired me to do a job. Let me do the job," and he did it his way. Uh, number seven, team was the most important at all times. Number eight, he said, we might not be the best team. We're going to be the best condition team. And he worked those people. Number nine, he argued with his assistant coaches. He, they said, you're pushing them too hard. He said, I know how hard to push them. He knew how to motivate those players. Number 10, he told the players, the name on the front of your jersey is a lot more important than the name on the back of your jersey. Number 11, we're going to play and practice like champions. Number 13, no, 12. I, I forgot my notes here, so I'm taking a picture and I can't read it, so we're going to skip it. Number 13, he said, common men go nowhere. I need you to be uncommon. Number uh, 14, we're a family. They talked about that. We're a family. Number 15, he had to make very hard decisions. Number 16, Someone hurt their leg, and he his answer to them was, your leg is a long way from your heart. And he got that guy uh, back into the game. Where am I here? I can't read that one either. I got some chicken scratch. Um, he told them, tonight we are the best hockey team on the earth. And that really made them believe, right? He said, you were meant to be here. You were born to be a hockey player. You were meant to be here tonight. He told them to forget about the rest, focus on what was in front of them. He asked them, who do you play for? And they answered, you know, enthusiastically, the United States of America. And lastly, he got them to believe. He got this country to believe. And he got all those people moving in the right directions. It was a fantastic movie. If you haven't watched Miracle, do it here on the 40th anniversary of that uh, event. And on that note, we are going to bring in Principal Danny Valenzuela, here he comes. Danny, welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Hello, hello. Good to talk with you, Danny. You are not far from Lake Placid. How far are you from? You know, how far are you from Lake Placid? Uh, forty-five minutes. Okay. So, what did up by your area? Was there a lot of chatter about the fortieth anniversary of uh, the you know, Miracle on Ice there? Oh, yeah, there was a lot of I wasn't able to go down, but there was a bunch of things happening down there. Um, Lake Placid is a beautiful city. It's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, it wasn't as cold as I had hoped. So it was pretty good. <laughs> and did you watch the movie? Have you ever seen Miracle? I've seen bits and pieces, to be honest. That was a little before my time, but I do know yeah. of the movie. <laughs> OK, well, I, I challenge you to watch it. You're up in that way. And uh uh, again, I shared a lot of leadership points to kick off the show, but but let's meet you, Danny. Introduce yourself here, and uh, and again, I really appreciate you making time to be on the program. But let our listening audience know who you are. Sure, my name's uh, Danny Valenzuela, um, and I'm originally from Long Island, New York. I grew up Long Island, New York City. That's been where I grew up, and I've into the North Country to go to school, and I've been in the North Country since. I've been very fortunate to have had great opportunities come my way. That doesn't happen to most people in the way that it did for me and led me to where I'm at now, where I'm 
a principal in my fourth year here in Plattsburgh, New York. Um, I'm a, you know, I'm a cool guy. I'm a fun guy. I'm a musical kid at heart. I music is my thing. It's it was, I was a dancer. Music, music's a big, big part of my life and still is, even though I don't get to do it as much. Um, but yeah, and I'm really, really all about trying to better my my craft, better my craft, and and do the work that needs to be done in the field. Yeah, and I noticed that right away when we had a chance to meet last summer that you asked questions. You weren't afraid to speak out because you did express that. I'm looking to learn. I'm looking to grow. So that's a great characteristic that you possess. Thank you, thank you. Because that's what I'm doing. I try to, you know, I encourage people that I, you know, that's what I did, and I encourage people underneath me now. Like you, you find people you like, you're interested, in, you like what they're doing, you ask questions, you you figure things out, and and that's how you make connections and and grow. And Danny, you got into administration, your first administration job at, at 28 years old. What drew you to school leadership so early? Um, I had the right people in my corner at the right time, I guess you can say. I uh, I didn't want to do it at first because um, I would see the stress that <laughs> folks were under. Um, but then I just had a mentor of mine who had mentored me and is still a really good mentor to me, um, provided me opportunities. And as a person of color, opportunities are huge. So. I had the right opportunities and the right people at the right time to kind of push me and nudge me in the right direction. And things just worked out. I landed an internship at 27. And when the internship was done, I was 28 and it turned into a full-time job. And I got very, very, very lucky, very, very fortunate. Um, I'm very blessed for that to happen to me because um, it doesn't happen to most people the way that it did. And it's been working out great since. And who was that mentor, Danny? Who who was he? And and what was it in him that you saw that made you believe? You know, we talked about believing in the opening segment, but what was about yeah. him that made you believe that you could do it? His name is Reggie McDonald. He was my supervisor. Um, when I was in college, I entered the master's program in special education. And at the same time, I landed a teaching assistant job. Um, so while I was doing the teaching assistant position, I was going to school full time for special education and the teaching assistant position was also in special education. I worked with students with autism in an ABA format, applied behavior analysis format um, with moderate to severe kids on the spectrum. So then when I was done with my program, they were opening up two classrooms and he says, I need you to apply. Um, so I applied, I interviewed and I landed my first teaching job. And at the time, down it was when the economy had kind of went down south a little bit so on long island all my friends that were teachers were working at walmart at the time because there was no job people couldn't find yeah. any job yeah. so i had to stay in potsdam in, in potsdam new york i went to suny potsdam so in potsdam new york that's where i landed my first teaching job i had to stay up there because if i went back home i wouldn't have been able to find a job at the time that i needed to um and then he hired me as a teacher and then I worked under him for a couple of years and then he left and became the director of special ed in Plattsburgh and he caught wind. He was the one who nudged me to get into my program at St. Lawrence University. And yeah. when he caught wind that I was doing my internship and I was struggling finding a second placement, he called me out of the blue and I had not talked to him in over a year. And he said, hey, and I was like, hey, what's up, Reg? I haven't talked to you in a while. What's going on? And he goes, I hear you're looking for an internship. What if I tell you I can set you up with an internship 
and I'll make sure to help you make sure it's a full-time job. And at the time I was going through a lot of changes in my personal life and I just, I needed to grow. And I was like, yeah, I'm totally down. I'm with it. I, I've never thought about Plattsburgh, don't know much about it, but let me, let's go. And within a week's time frame, I had all these interviews and things went well. And I landed the internship right at 27 and that I started in September of 2016. And then I, my, I'm a December baby. So when I turned 28, I finished up all my certification stuff by March and April. I got the job full time. Um, wow. And so he's been like my unofficial work dad. And to this day, he's someone, I just called him the other day. Anytime I have something like, hey, I'm going through this, you know, can you give me some advice? What do you think I should do? You know, because he's been in the world of special education for so long. So it's a great mentorship that I have that I'm very fortunate to have. That's awesome, and, and kudos to you for sharing his story. Reggie McDonald, a uh, friend of yours here must be watching. Adam James uh, says hello, downtown Danny. Yeah, Adam James, the CV Tech principal up here. He's great. If you are watching live, we appreciate that. Um, but ask us a question. Leave us a question or a comment. Uh, you know, Danny uh, is doing a lot of great things out there, so I know he's got a big following watching. Zachary Lennox uh, uh, just gave a shout-out. Danny, let me ask you, why, why, why special education? How, how did you get towards uh, that? And what was it about special education that, you know, tugged at your heart and said, I can do this? It started by accident um, because I had, it stems back to, at the time, it was hard to get teaching jobs. And I knew special ed had, would open more doors to possibly get a job at the time. So long story short, I struggled in school. I, school was not my thing. It took me a while to figure out you know, my niche. But once I figured it out, I did what I had to do. I was pretty persistent. I didn't want to give up. And I got my act together. Um, and uh, I then was able to get into the special ed program right when I graduated my undergrad. And so I got into the special ed program. And then that teaching assistant job that I had in the ABA program, um, opened my eyes to a whole nother world of teaching and a whole nother population of kids that I never was exposed to before, working with moderate to severe kids under the spectrum. Yeah. Um, you know, some intense behaviors, um, wonderful kids, you know, there's a level of patience that you need. There's a level of delicacy that you need. Um, you know, nonverbal kids. It just opened my eyes to a whole nother world and I fell in love with it. I find myself to be a very patient person, um, sometimes too patient, but I know that for that field of special ed and what I was doing at the time, that's what that's what you need working with these kids. And so I was hook, line, and sinker into this ABA program and I invested into it. And then when I landed the teaching job, that was when I really got put in a position in the pseudo leadership role. Um, because in that format, long story short, there's a lot of supplemental aids in that program. So not only do you have to teach your kids, but you got to manage your staff. And they don't teach you how to manage your staff in school. You, so you have to learn that on the cuff. Um, and I just immersed myself in what I was doing. And I learned a lot about behavioral approach to instruction, a lot of data-driven instruction. I work closely with the New England Center for Children, which is an organization out in Boston with the public school service model. And that experience I had as a TA and a teacher was phenomenal. They taught me, it taught me so much that I really consider my foundational skills as, a, as an educator in general. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to work with them in my current position and, and grow a program here with them and continue to maintain that type of professional uh, working relationship and then provide the opportunity that I had to other people and see them learn the way that I did. So 
it was an accident. I learned to love it. It's a field of work that I always say it's not for everybody, you know, working with the level of needs. And I work with intense kids. That's that's the, the type of special ed programs that I supervise up here. And it's not easy. It's a lot of work and it requires a lot of, you know, you got high rates of burnout. You've got, you know, challenging behaviors, but it's great work at the same time because when they make those successes and they make those gains and then seeing teachers make those connections, it's a really fun thing to watch. And Danny, you, you mentioned some really strong words, patience and, and delicacy or some skills that you need. What else do you need? What else, uh, you know, skills do you bring to the table or techniques that you use that, that help you succeed in that setting? Um, I started talking about this in my, my last podcast, actually, because it's something that I'm working on and communication is key. Um, so I've learned um, some of the skills that you really kind of need. You got to, because sometimes working in the, with, in any field, whether it's in special or general, that you kind of you have uncomfortable conversations more often than not, and depending on how you deliver your message or how you communicate and how the audience receives your message that you're trying to give, can really make or break how the situation can get smoothed itself over in the best interest for the students and what you're trying to do, or prolong the situation to make it more contentious and and make more challenges for you that you don't need. So one of the things I've really learned closely about is effective communication and what does that look like and and knowing who your target audience is with the message that you're trying to deliver and get to their level so that they can receive your message because I've experienced and I have seen, you know, I may have said something or I've seen someone say something that I thought should have been delivered, should have been received fine, but it didn't, you know, it didn't get received that way. So you've got to kind of read, look at it again and come back to it. Um, the other thing is compassion. You got to have compassion. This work is not easy. You have to be able to have compassion for what you do. And the other big thing for me that I really encourage a lot with my staff is you have to be able to engage in some type of self-care that you can do independently because the field of work that we do is really, really challenging. Quite frankly, sometimes a little unappreciated, um, but you got to you know, I work where I work right now. One of the best things I tell people is we have some challenging, challenging days. But every time I see you guys walking in the morning, you all got a smile on your face, ready to go. You know, so making sure you're recharging yourself so you can come back and do the best that you can do with the other things that you got going on personally. So yeah. those are a few things I'm learning so far. Those are great uh, points, Danny. And one of the things about communication, nonverbal, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, we know each other literally uh, a little, but I've seen you a few times. You dress to the nines. You dress really sharp, <laughs> but, and, and you laugh though. But it's a, it's a, it's a, a form of nonverbal communication. I mean, you have a nice suit on today. Is that something that you feel is important for for school leadership to dress and look the part? For me, I feel it's important because I'm a Latino and I want. I didn't have, you know, my family didn't come from money. I, you know, my family were immigrants, that type of thing. And so I've worked really hard to get here and I want other kids to know that you can get there too. And to me, presentation is everything. Um, you know, first impressions make a big deal. Um, don't get me wrong. I'd love to come to work in sweatpants and some basketball shorts in a heartbeat. But um, I also appreciate the 
people that I aspired growing up, like there was just a level of professionalism. And in my culture, in the Latin culture, there's a little bit more of an emphasis on your appearance um, that, I don't know, it's just something that I like to do. And I try to model to the kids, like, you know, if this is what you want to do, you can do it. You can get there. You just got to put your mind to it, you know, and don't give up. That's really what it boils down to. And I also tell people, I said, this looks really nice, but I get some really good deals. Like, this is not that expensive. <laughs> <laughs> do the kids say something like, you know, Principal V, you know, you, 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 you know the yeah. kids come <laughs> One of the kids right now calls me Spiffy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my, my kids in my autism program call me Spiffy. Um, then uh, I've got a, a couple of my high schoolers when basically when people see me dressed down, they are, they don't they don't recognize me sometimes. So it's funny. Well, uh, good for you. I, presentation I agree to with me. You. Presentation I agree to with me. You. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Danny, you know, in addition to work, you've you've started a new challenge. You mentioned it. Your podcast. You know, give us the name. Tell us where we can find it. And and what made you want to get going with starting your own podcast? Yeah. So I've been wanting to. I'm a, I want to be a public speaker. I feel like it's something that I feel like I'm good at. Um, I've gotten opportunities to. I've had the right mentors give me experiences and opportunities to grow in that, that have given me a taste of that. And I, I want some more, you know, but I'm also, I'm really big about branding. I'm really big that um, if you're not using social media to like, we live in a world where you're, you're a brand regardless if you believe it in or not, you're a brand. Even if you use social media or not, the way you present yourself, that's a brand. Now, whether you choose to do anything bigger with it to really brand yourself, that's up to you. And so I feel like I'm trying to brand myself in a way where I can, you know, put myself out there so I can be recognized a little bit and establish, I'm trying to find my niche. Like, what is my niche that's going to give me the credibility to speak? So I just started a podcast. I have a couple, one of my best friends does a podcast. Um, his name is Trey Bear. I'm going to name drop him there. But he, we started like beach body stuff together, network marketing, and he's excelled with my other best friend. They're married now, having kids. They've excelled with network marketing and have really established a nice um, situation for themselves. And I was there when they started. So to see where they're at now was mind blowing to me. So he started a podcast and he's so like, hey, what, what do I got to do to get a website going and this and this and that? And I follow some people um, online and I really like how they, they brand themselves and how they put their things out. So my friend just really nudged me. He goes, dude, just start with a podcast. Just start with a podcast. I was like, well, how the hell do I do it? <laughs> I said, I'm a how-to kind of guy. You can tell me, but if I don't know how to do it, I'm not going to do it. I don't have time. And he showed me because I was over visiting and he goes, just do download this, do this. You can do it on your phone right now and then eventually do get the mics and stuff and blah, 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 blah. He says, just you do it already on your social media pages. Just instead of writing that down, record yourself talking. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm I just I, it's on all platforms. The name of my podcast is um, Mr. V's Principles Lens. Um, I came up with that title because I. I'm learning that if you flip your lens on certain situations, you have a much different outcome. You know, it's very cliche. You got to look at the glass half full, but it really, in the leadership role, you you have to because you have a lot more responsibility and you have a lot more um, people that you have to lead and guide on top of managing the students. So 
the podcast is just my lens, my perspective on things and what I'm learning, what I have learned, what I'm going through um, and putting a different lens on certain situations in an effort to help better things. So, for example, my last podcast was called Uncomfortable Conversations and I talked about some steps. But at the very end, I talk about flip your lens on it. It sounds very cliche, but don't say it's an uncomfortable conversation. Call it a courageous conversation. It sounds a little corny, but just saying it's a courageous conversation, flipping that lens changes how you approach things and it might work make things work out a lot better for you. So yeah. that's really what my podcast is. I'm only three episodes in. The first episode, way too long. Learned that the hard way. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so as things are coming up, things are, you know, as I'm going through things now, I'm just going to start putting it out there. I've gotten quite a few listens, quite a few followers. I'm officially international, which is really cool. Uh, and it's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm just seeing where this can go and grow with my long-term goal of what I want to do. Yeah. Good for you. And that's a, that is a good thing. And looking at a different lens or reframing is so important, right? Something can happen to a kid and most people, oh, you know, whereas you, you know, you look at it through a different lens, you could turn it around and make that a positive experience uh, for a kid. So good, good for and you, people, man. People don't realize it's a hard skill to have. It's hard to do. But if you're once you're able to do it and you can do that, it will really help make or break some really tough situations. Yeah. And if you're watching live, uh, even if you're watching this on replay uh, or listening on to iTunes, re reach out to Danny, Mr. V's Principal Lens, um, you know, ideas. For us. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, let's support uh, Danny in that because it is cool. And and it's uh, it's important for us school leaders to bring that voice out there and get people thinking and, and get people moving because uh, it's important that we do a good job for them and uh, you know that's why D Danny's here today. Uh, Danny, again, you're you're a young principal. Uh, you're doing some some cool things out there. Talk to me about some key values, some key leadership points that you carry with you every day. You know that that you mentioned about your mentor and some things that you learned from him about patience and being delicate communication. Like, what are some key principal leadership points that you have learned over your time as an administrator? Key points I have learned is to, one, I've been very fortunate that this my transition into a principal leadership, I work with some really great people who have really invested into taking care of me and making me be successful at this. Um, so the first thing is not being afraid to, one, ask for help. Um, you know, there are times like there are, I'm still new at this sometimes. And there's certain situations that come up like, oh, I've never been through that before. Hold on. And uh, so understand it's OK to take a minute and I don't have to respond right away. Like I could take pause. Let me think about it. Let me come back and let me come back to you when I have one, the right headspace to come to you in fairness to what's going on. I have the attention to detail for stuff like that, but then have the headspace to kind of maneuver the way that it the situation needs to be maneuvered in. Um, and I, so I work with some great people here that really helped me to do that. Um, I'm really big, because I'm in such an intense field, I've learned how to, self-care is so important for myself. Um, something that, you know, I, I just went away for uh, the midwinter break. Um, I went to go visit my brother in Orlando, um, but, being able to be okay to step away and have my me time 
working here. And I just had one of my co-principals said to me, like, you have those days for a reason. You have to use them. Don't burn yourself out. And that always stuck with me. And it has made a world of a difference for me, for me to come back with that recharging this per se and come back with the right headspace so I can give the best of me to the many people that need the best of me. And especially on the days where it's really hard for me to do that. Um, And not feeling guilty about that because you, you, I'm so when I first started, I was in here early and here late, that and all that stuff. And I still kind of am sometimes, but I now have my cutoff times, and that has really helped me to just my own personal self care to help me stay grounded with this work that's very challenging and very demanding. Um, the other thing is remember your purpose, whatever your purpose is. You know, and for me, my purpose, it used to be for the kids when I was a teacher. And now I'm really that is not realizing now that it's not just for the kids. It's for my staff. It's for my team. It's for who I supervise. It's for the community. And how do I continue to know what the purpose is, know what my organization's mission statement, what our vision statements are, and help support that and then know what my purpose and role in doing that. Because when you know what your purpose is, no matter what it is that you decide to do in your field of work, it makes it easier for when those moments get tough. You know what I mean? So that's something that's really I'm learning and going through now. I can go on and on and on about all the other things too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got I got one more question, and then we got to get to rapid fire because, as you said, no one yeah. likes a podcast that's too long. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's real interesting. Danny, something you shared, you touched on earlier, like you didn't like school. You didn't do well in school. You struggled in school. How did you go from someone that wasn't successful in school to now being a a principal? Like, how did that, where did that click for you? Like, I want to be a teacher here. I want to help kids. Like, how did that work for you? You know, what's crazy. A lot of people don't know this. My parents didn't even know how bad it was, but it was bad. Um, I was embarrassed. I really struggled in school my first two years. Um, and it wasn't even like me, like the whole college party and thing that really wasn't it for me. It was me just not being prepared for my high, like my high school experience. I just wasn't ready. I thought I was, cause I thought that was the next step for me to do, but I really struggled with the concept of how to study. I struggled with how to retain information I, and the independence that comes with going to college. And like, I got kicked out my major a few times uh, because I didn't have the GPA. And when I say the special ed program, like it was the day before graduation, I was able to, I got the grades of the classes I need to retake. And I found out I got 3.0. The day of graduation, I was like, oh my God, now I can apply for the special ed program because that's the GPA that I needed. Um, but I struggled. And when I finally got vulnerable and talked to my dad, he said something that was really silly, but I don't know. It's stuck. And I don't know if it's just a hood thing. I don't know if it's a New York thing. But he goes, don't give up. Like, you got to treat it like you go in, you do your time. And when you're done with your time, you're a free man. And it really stuck with me. And it made me, like, not give up. And then, I don't know, all of a sudden it clicked. But school was not my thing. It's still kind of, I don't like going back to school, even though now that I I know how I work with school, like I know that I need like two weeks in advance to prep for some type of test or something. Like I now know my time management where I didn't really have that before, but school mm-hmm. was an issue for me. I was not, and I try to tell my high schoolers now, like I get it. 
I get it. If I can be here, if I can do this, anybody <laughs> can get what they need to get done. Because if you'd have just known me a couple of years ago, you wouldn't. I, I would have never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now. So it blows my mind all the time. I have to pinch myself sometimes because I for you know when I remind myself where I came from. It, school was hard. School was hard, and it's not for everybody. But I, I didn't want to give up. I wanted to get this degree. It was something I was passionate about. I, was, I would have been one of the first in my family and generation to do it. And it's something I wanted to do. And as a Latino, as a person of color, that's a big deal for me. And if I can do it, I can now give other people opportunities that weren't there before that I was able to get. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great story. And, and it's very real. And I, I give you the credit for sharing that because uh, not everyone would say, hey, I struggled with it and, and you got through it and look where you are. So kudos, kudos to you and your family. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> cool. Well, let's get to rapid fire and we'll get you moving on again. If you're watching or listening live, uh, leave us a question or a comment. And then certainly afterwards uh, ideas for the podcast, things like that. Um, reach out to Danny. Danny, last book you read. Last book I read. Actually, it's right here because I look at it often. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I go through these scenarios and stories sometimes. I'm like, yep, I'm going through that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, last movie you saw? Last movie I saw was... Uh, what was the last movie I saw? Oh, it was a Star Wars movie. Star Wars movie yeah. that came out with Christmas. I dug it. I dug it. You're going to watch Miracle next. Favorite place to travel? Favorite place to travel? Um, I'm from the Dominican Republic, so I love going there. But to be honest, I like to go home. I'm away from my family, so going back home to New York, Long Island, that's uh, always a fun time for me. Well, let's skip down a little bit. What's the biggest difference from Long Island, New York, to uh, upstate to the <laughs> North Country, as you called it? <sighs> Um, I don't like the woods. Uh, <laughs> um, let's just say driving. I'll say this. Um, 10 minutes from point A to point B on Long Island in New York is just stoplights and traffic. 10 minutes from point A to point B in the North Country is straight up driving 55 on a road with no lights. And you got to watch out for deer. <laughs> <laughs> Something that motivates Danny Valenzuela. What motivates me is to be better. Uh, I haven't thought of that. What motivates me is just to be better, do better, be the best that I can be uh, so I can model to other people in similar shoes that I have been that you can do it too. A pet peeve of yours? Pet peeve of mine is chewing really loud when you eat. <laughs> I got you. Best purchase under $100 that has had a great impact on your life. Best purchase under $100 that had an impact on my life. I would have to say, wow, that's tough. What did I buy that's $100? Um, <laughs> these shirts. These shirts. I just okay. got this shirt. At the clearance, Calvin Klein clearance. It was cool. <laughs> I believe we all have a book in us. What is the title of your book? The Hustle Never Ends. 
You told you shared that with me up there. Yeah, you did. Yeah, uh, awesome. Short term uh, goal for you that could be personal or professional three to five months. In the next three to five months, I'd like to have a, a strong podcast following and I'd like to I got to go back to school. I got to get an additional certification. So I, in the next three to five months, I'd like to be starting a program to finish that up because it won't take me long so I can have bigger and more opportunities later on. Cool. Three to five years, uh, professional or personal goals? Three to five years from now, I want to be a well-known public speaker in the field of education that people want to hear me speak because I want to be a mover and shaker in the field. That's my goal. Well, let's help get you there. Uh, you certainly yeah. have a nice message. You certainly got the look, Danny V. We'll, we'll help you there. Thank how, you, can people you, get, you. <laughs> how can people get in touch with you? How can they find your podcast? How do they find you on social media? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is uh, Danny, J-A-Y-87. Um, my podcast is Mr. V's Principal Lens. You can find that on all platforms. I use the Anchor app. That's been really helpful for that. Um, and you can check me out there. Very cool. Danny, do you have a quote that you want to end the program with? A quote. Huh. And if you don't, Danny, it's okay. I'll put you on the spot. You can send that out after. What I would say is, is, uh, you know, the one for Miracle, right, about uh, the team. You know, everyone wants to be the best on the team. I would encourage students, I would encourage staff to be the best for the team. Be the right yeah. player that they're looking for. Be the right leader that people are looking for. Be the right speaker and have the right podcast. Not to be the best, but to be the right one uh, or the one that people are looking for. So um, did you have one you want to share? I don't want to cut you off. No, nah, I'll come back to you. I, okay. I've got a few in my head, but I'll come back to you. Yeah. You come put that. We'll hold you to it. We want to see that in the comments here. Uh, this is Danny Valenzuela. Again, you can uh, follow him on Twitter uh, at DannyJ87, right? Did I get that right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. And I am at Andrew Murata 21 Next week, we will have the music worked out. Uh, we'll have some new uh, features on here on the podcast. I'd love to get a positive review from you. Uh, on iTunes, as well as here on uh, uh, live on Facebook. Please check out the podcast that you'll find on the Education Podcast Network and also Danny's new podcast, Mr. V's Principal Lens. Uh, we'll support him in his journey. Danny, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Great to talk with you. This is where I would normally cue in the music. We'll have that ready for next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Danny, we'll talk to you, my friend. All right. Have All a right. good one. Thank you so much. Everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Boom. All right.